Grab your Bible turn Galatians 5. This is our last lesson as far as our uh, t- lessons on the fruit of the Spirit. Kind of just want to look at this one more time. And uh, church, I, mean, I want you to notice the Bible doesn't say these are fruits of the Spirit. It says that they are the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. It goes through all of those uh, nine Christian graces in the Christian life. Um, a person asked me yesterday, is the one that we're dealing with today, temperance, is that probably the most important one? And I don't think you can separate them. I think it's like a piece of the pie. I think when you look at a pie and cut them all up, you've got nine different graces. I think goodness is just as important as temperance today. I think uh, meekness is just as important as love. I think all of these are part of the Christian life that we need to have. And I want to tell you, uh, we as Christians, sometimes especially if we're weak in a particular area of our life, we seem like we really concentrate on that. What we need to concentrate is being filled with the Spirit of God. And the more you're filled with the Spirit of God, the more you're going to have uh, these things, the Christian graces, as we would refer to them in our life. Uh, and again, we'll look at this last one this morning. Uh, let me just say, Rennie, I might make sure I say his name correctly. It's good to have Rennie today. He allows his kids come on the bus, and he's from Topeka. And I uh, got to meet him for the service, and we are so thankful that you're with us this morning. And again, make him feel at home. Are there any other visitors with us this morning in our Sunday school class? Probably have some for the morning, but again, Rennie, thank you so much for being with us. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse number 22 with me. The Bible says this, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, and I know this is familiar to you. <clears throat> love, again, is being that divine concern for others. Joy is, again, that uh, gladness of heart, peace, that tranquility of mind, long-suffering, suffering under in- injury, gentleness, uh, means kindness, goodness is doing good to others, faith, taking God at his word, meekness uh, is a humility of mind, and then temperance, self-control, that's what we want to look at this morning in this area of self-control, against such there is no law. The opposite of those things, verse number 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, and again down through verse number 21. Church, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning on that area of temperance this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you again for your word. I ask you again, please help us this morning. Lord, did you give liberty as far as what needs to be said? Lord, for us as individuals, may we not miss. Uh, speak to us. Lord, again, thank you for the Holy Spirit who dwells inside. Would you again prompt us this morning about what we're hearing from your word? And Lord, even the words that are spoken this morning, Lord, draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, temperance is interesting as far as in the scriptures. Isn't it amazing that some of the greatest Christians in the Bible had problems with temperance? All right, you think about David, man after God's own heart, problem with temperance. Think about Solomon, the wisest person ever lived, problem with temperance. Peter, the disciple of Christ, the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people get saved, problem with temperance. When you walk through all these main characters in scripture, you're going to find out these, they all had a problem with their, themselves. All right, now, just I mean, for, if I can say for repetitious sake, I'd like to read just a few verses with you. Turn over to Romans chapter 7. Let's look what Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7. Again, these are those verses that talk about, you know, things I shouldn't, I do, etc. But look what he says in Romans chapter 7, down, down toward the end of the chapter, verse number 15. Paul said, for that, I, for that which I do, I allow not. Now think about, he's talking about the word I, talking about himself. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is, it, is not, it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let's read a little farther if you don't mind. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. For the evil which I would not, that I do. All right, especially when you read the rest of the chapter, we understand that this is talking about the flesh and the spirit. He really, really deals with it in Galatians chapter 5, of course, verse 22 and 23. But when you get to the earlier part of the chapter in verse number 16 of Galatians 5, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill what? 
All right, so the lust of our flesh. <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln, somebody asked him and said, hey, uh, who's the, the biggest uh, threat to your candidacy as far as being elected president? And they went through two of the guys that were, that were running against him. And Abraham Lincoln said this, my threat is not with, and he named one person. He said, my threat is not with, and he named the other person. He says, my biggest threat is Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln really hit it on, the, on the, the nail on the head with the idea is our biggest enemy, sometimes we say it's the devil or sometimes we say it's a person. But the truth of the matter is, it's us. It's us because what our flesh wants to do based upon what the Spirit of God wants us to do. And so again, how do I keep myself from doing what I want to do? It's, real, it's actually pretty simple. Be filled with the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so again, this Spirit-controlled life, the Godhead, it, we call it the Trinity, we talk about God the Father, which the Bible says he's sitting on the throne in heaven. We talk about God the Son, which the Bible says he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Then you have God the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says he dwells within every one of us. So church family, it's not really a matter of that we cannot, it's a matter that we do not. It's not a matter that God has not enabled us, it's that we're not taking the enabling to be able to do what we need to do to overcome our flesh. So this idea of temperance is the idea of self-control, being able to tell ourselves no. Now, church, I mean, temperance covers a lot of things, already, And uh, we could never hit every sin or every problem the Christian life has. But temperance covers everything, self-control, when you think about it. It has everything to do with our appetite. And we don't like talking about the appetite. Proverbs talks about that in chapter 23. It says, uh, you know, put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to what? Given to appetite, all right? That's what it's talking about. So our flesh as far as this idea of, of eating and not eating. And I'm, I tell you what, I could stay here quite a, quite a ways because I like to eat, amen? <clears throat> but the rest of you don't have that problem. <clears throat> but uh, we have to, it's a fight. And so the, again, this idea of temperance, of saying no to self. Uh, the Bible talks about our thoughts as sometimes, of a lack, lack of self-control as far as what we think about. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of the issues of life. We allow our minds to wander about thinking about things that we should not. Remember Philippians chapter four, verse number eight, he says, finally, my brethren, uh, he goes to whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, forgive me for not the right order. But he says, and uh, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And so the idea of temperance has so much to do with everything. Have you ever said anything that you wish you wouldn't have said after you said it? You know, that, that is a lack of temperance, all right? In other words, a lack of self-control. I'm gonna give that guy a piece of my mind. I think if you were here, I'd keep all the pieces, all right? So what causes me to give a piece of my mind is the idea of a lack of temperance. Sometimes it's a lack of, of temperance as far as our actions, the things that we do, all right? So in other words, I'm doing what I want to do. Well, sometimes we shouldn't do what we want to do. So temperance says I'm going to have self-control to not allow myself to do these things. Sometimes this idea of temperance is in sleep. Uh, many of you got up this morning and you followed the alarm clock. Alarm clocks beep, but beeped and you got out of bed. There are others. Alarm clock beeped and you did exactly what it said, go back to sleep. So again, what's the fight that we deal with in our life? The fight that we're dealing with in our life is what we want to do compared to what we're supposed to do. All right, so we're going to deal with this idea of temperance this morning. And I want to deal with just a few things uh, concerning and how to have temperance in our life. All right, now we know it's fruit of the spirit. And uh, it's very, very interesting that it's also one of the seven things we're supposed to add to our faith in 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, add to your faith virtue, and the virtue knowledge, and the knowledge temperance, this idea of self-control, of saying no. Church, I mean, what do we do when we raise our children, all right? We know that our kids do not have self-control, so we tell them what they can and cannot do. But the goal is they get to a point in their life where they tell themselves 
what they can and cannot do. All right. And so again, this morning, doesn't matter if you're an adult or if you're a child, we all deal with this area of saying no to self. And so let's look at these things. How do I, how can I have temperance in my light? All right. So I'm going to just go through several things. I believe they're in your lesson this morning. And so if I'm going to work at this area of having self-control, and by the way, it affects a lot of areas of our life. I mean, when you think about the outcome that takes place in a person's life, I mean, David and Bathsheba had a child out of wedlock. Why? Because of lack of self-control. When you look at Solomon, I mean, 700 wives, 300 concubines, he had a lack of self-control in his life. When you look at Achan, where he thought they had to have something, he took the Babylonian garment, the wedge of gold and the silver. What did he have? He had a lack of self-control in his life. I'm just trying to say that it doesn't matter what the area is. There are things in our life that we know that we should not do or what we should not have. And it's just a matter of saying no to ourselves. And I wish it was just that easy. It's just a matter of saying no to ourselves. But if we're going to do that, we have to prepare properly in order to be able to say no and to be able to have temperance in our life. Quickly, let's run through these together. The first area that a person needs to do is the first one that's obvious that we're dealing with right now. If I'm going to have temperance in my life, I've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. The more the Spirit of God has control of me, the less Scott Hanks has control of himself. The more I'm in the flesh, the more Scott Hanks has control of himself, and the Spirit of God doesn't have control of myself. So how do I get to the place in my life where I have temperance? If it's the fruit, then I want the root to be strong. How does the root become strong? I, a, a scripture-filled person is a spirit-filled person. The more that I walk with God, the less than I walk in self's idea, but in God's idea. So if I'm going to be able to have temperance in my life, I have to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's why it's imperative that we as Christians read our Bible. It's imperative for us to put much scripture in so the Spirit of God can have control of our life. All right. What else did Paul say? I want you to turn to this one over to 1 Corinthians 9. I want to read a couple of verses with these. The word temperate is used. I believe temperance or temp temperate is only used like six times in the scriptures, but I want you to see this one here. First Corinthians chapter nine. And jump down in your Bible there, first Corinthians chapter nine. Jump down to verse number twenty-four. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse number twenty-four. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. Verse twenty-five, it kind of goes against everybody being a winner, doesn't it? <laughs> Okay, only one receives the prize. But anyway, verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is, what's the word? Temperate in all things. All right, now, church, I mean, Apostle Paul is using the idea of a person running a race, is he not? That's the illustration that he's using in verse number 24. Know you not that, verse, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. How am I going to obtain the prize if I'm the one that wants to win? Verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Do not, do they, I'm sorry, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So church, I mean, Apostle Paul is using the idea of, of a person running a race. He's temperate in all things. He's not using this, this illustration in a spiritual, he's using a physical illustration to be able to teach a spiritual truth. The physical illustration is simply this. If you're training to run, you have to say no on a lot of areas of a person's life. If I'm going to run a race and I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to prepare for that marathon. I have to tell myself, no, I don't want to exercise. Tell myself, no, I don't want to eat healthy food. Tell yourself, no. Paul's using this idea of being temperate in a lot of different areas just to win a physical race. And we are not in a physical race. We're in a spiritual race. And you know what we do? We're constantly telling our spiritual life, no, as far as the areas of our life. I want to sleep in. No, I'm going to get up and read my Bible. 
uh, I don't want to go to church today. I want to go do something else. I tell myself no because that's, that's self-control, all right? So here's what Paul says. We have to be temperate in all things. He gets down to verse number 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Now he's talking about the Christian life. I therefore so run, not uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. What is that? That's temperance. I keep under my body, verse 20, uh, chapter 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself shall be cast away. What is he saying? He says, I have to practice temperance. I have to practice self-control in my life. So how do I practice that self-control? I get filled with the Spirit of God. The second thing Paul says, and again, he says that in Galatians when you come to 1 Corinthians, but in Corinthians, he makes the statement, he says, I protest uh, that you're rejoicing, I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And here's what he says, the last three words, I die daily. So church, I mean, if you are gonna have temperance in your life, it's being filled with the spirit of God, but it's you dying to self daily. Do you remember when Jesus said, hey, listen, if you're gonna be my disciple, he says, take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. A cross is always a picture of sacrifice. Denying self is always a picture of temperance. Following Christ is an action. Can I just tell you in the Christian life, it's a daily thing. I, I wish that we got temperance and kept it, all righty? Just when you think about some of the, the greatest people in the Bible, you know, we look at Abraham. The Bible calls Abraham the friend of God, all right? Abraham lied about his wife twice. Abraham was the one that God chose to be able to have the, start the Jewish race. And, of course, Isaac was born. And, of course, Abraham made the right decision. He went to go kill his son because God said to kill his son. Now, can I tell you something? We look at Abraham's life and he's mentioned in the hall of faith and he's, of course, the picture of faith and he's the friend of God. But he had times in his life that his flesh got the best of him. Can I just tell you that no matter what kind of Christian you are, there are gonna be times in your life where Satan's gonna fight you and your flesh is gonna get the best of you. But you don't have to stay there. How do I do that? I die daily. So in other words, on a regular basis, I need to die to self, flesh, and I need to make sure that I feed the spirit and that's what causes me to have temperance in my life. Something else I want you to think about this. Now, this verse you already know. It's mentioned twice in the Old Testament, chapter 22, 3 and 27, 12 of Proverbs. He says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. All right, so if I'm going to have temperance in my life, a prudent man what? Foresees the evil and hideth himself. Just me, uh, turn to this one if you don't mind. Turn over to Romans with me. We'll read a few, I know we're reading a few more than normal, but it's good for us to look at the scriptures. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse number 14. This is a very good verse, Romans 13, 14. He says in verse 14, last verse of chapter 13, Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not, what's the word? Provision for what? For the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. One of the biggest problems Christians have in their life of why they don't have temperance is because they're providing for the temptation. What's the model prayer about? The model prayer, and lead us not into Temptation. temptations. But so many times we provide the temptation in our life. Listen, if a person has a hard time with watching films and movies and all kinds of stuff, get rid of, get rid of the device that's causing you to watch it. Amen. If you're having a problem in a certain area of your life, if it's a friend that leads, always leading you astray, get rid of the friend. You say, Pastor, those things seem to be easy, but if we're providing for the flesh, it's no wonder we don't have the temperance to say no. A little boy was told one time by his mother, he says, listen, I want you, guys, I want you to stop swimming. He says, that pond between us, between home and the school, I want you to stay out of that pond. It's not good for you to be in there. And she was getting all over her son about it. And he said, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. But the next day when he went to school, sure enough, he took clothes to be able to jump into the pond. 
And his reasoning was, just in case the temptation's too great. Just remember, I think Christians sometimes live their life like that. We live our life with the, with the uh, provision for the flesh just in case the temptation's too great. Church, I mean, the temptation's always going to be too great. So how do I overcome the temptation of having self-control in my life? I walk in the Spirit. How do I overcome the temptation of, being, of doing what my flesh wants instead of what the Spirit of God wants? I die daily. In other words, I, I die to the self and I live for Christ. How do, I, how do I overcome? I don't provide for the flesh. There's areas of our life that a person constantly keeps in front of them, then get rid of it. If I was working a job that every day I went to that job that was going to hinder me as a Christian or cause me to backslide, I'd change jobs. Amen. Why? Because of not providing for the flesh. If there's something in your life that constantly causes your head to turn away from God instead of turning toward God, then you need not to provide for that. You need to get it out of your life. All right? Quickly, I want you to look at another one with me this morning. Not only should we not provide for the flesh if we're going to have temperance, is you need, we need to ask God. All right? Now, again, you know the verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that that's talking about death, but we still have victory in every other area of our life. If we simply would ask, you have not because you ask not in James 4, verse number 4. And again, the reference, the idea is, is that ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You know, if my kids really want something, they ask more than once. Can I tell you, if you're a child of God and you really want something, you'll ask more than once. I, I can't get the victory in my life in this area, but you never ask the Lord, Lord, would you please help me to get victory in my life? I like the model prayer. Again, I think the model prayer is so unique because God knew exactly what we needed to pray. When he said, after this manner, pray ye, it's because this is exactly what we need. What do we need? Lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. What do we need? We need God's help. You know, the idea of that last phrase of the model prayer, lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. Leading us not in temptation means help me to avoid the temptation. The second phrase, deliver us from evil, means that if I get to that temptation, help me to say no. Lead us not into temptation, but if I get that to that temptation, deliver us from evil. Church, I mean, Jesus himself was not without temptation by the devil himself. Amen. Hey, if you be the son of God, make these, make these, turn these stones into what? Bread. Bread. If you really be the son of God, I want you to jump off the pinnacle of this roof and, the, and have your angels catch you. Hey, if you, hey, listen, if you're the son of God, listen, I can give this to you. And what did Jesus, all three times, he said, as it is. Church, I mean, we know just by Jesus' example, the best thing a person can do is make sure they end the word of God. Amen? So again, how do I have temperance in my life? How do I have temperance in my life? All right? Again, leads us right into the next one. Psalm 119, verse number 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Exactly what Jesus did for uh, overcoming the temptation of Satan by saying as it is written, that's what the Christian needs to do. Listen, I don't know what your temptation is, okay? But whatever it is, there's tons of scriptures to be able to memorize concerning that temptation. If all you did was memorize verses that have to do with temptations, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is what? But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above the ear able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So if all I did was memorize verses concerning the temptation that God said he is faithful and will keep us from falling, that's, that's great. 
But most of us could memorize verses specific to what we're dealing with in our life and the Bible teaches us how to live the Christian life and we just memorize those verses and when Satan comes along, quote those verses. Satan, I'm not going to do that. The Bible says this, Satan runs from scripture. He doesn't like the word of God. You read the book of Revelation and what, what did they overcome the devil with? Through the, through the name of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, and through the word of his testimony. It's the word of God that gives us victory over our temptation and specifically our flesh. So I'm dealing with self every day. And every day of my life, I need God's help to be able to make it through it. How do I do it? I ask God for his help. How do I do it? I use scripture to overcome the particular temptation. How do I do it? I walk in the spirit and not the flesh. We, all of these things help us to be able to say no to the worst enemy you have, you. All righty. One other thing I was thinking about this morning, and it's really Ecclesiastes 4, and I, instead of reading it, would you read it with me? Turn to Ecclesiastes 4, and look at verse number 9 with me. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Solomon, the wisest person who'd ever lived, God gave him these words to say. Very, very interesting. Ecclesiastes 4, look at verse number 9 with me. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than what? One, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, what will happen? The one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For why? Hath not another to help him up. All right. He goes on to say again, if two lie together, then have they heat. How, uh, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a what kind of cord? Threefold cord is not quickly broken. All right. Now, Church, I mean, sometimes we have a hard time in this area of accountability in our life, but accountability will help you be able to overcome you. You know, we so many times try to do things alone and we fail and fail and fail because we know we're the only one. We're the only one that knows about what we're dealing with. We're the only one that's going through it. Now, church, I mean, be careful about sharing skeletons of your life with people because the Bible also tells the book of Ecclesiastes that people like to be talebearers, all right? But can I just tell you, there are people in your life, whether it's a spouse, a pastor, sometimes in certain cases, depending on what you're dealing with in your life, a close friend, I've had people more than once say, Pastor, would you help make me accountable? Now, I want to tell you something. We don't answer to man, amen? We answer to God. But a threefold cord is not easily broken. If you want to get victory in, in an area of your life, get help. God gives you people who love you and care about you to be able to help you through the journey of life. And sometimes that journey of life is just somebody to say, did you read your Bible today? Uh, did you watch that? Did you do this? Did you go there? You say, I just don't, I don't know if I can do that. Then what happens is you keep falling. And again, I agree with you. A just man falls seven times. Thankfully, God lets us get back up. But can I just tell you, some of our falling is needless falling because we're just simply not having temperance in our life, the idea of self-control, of saying no to self and saying yes to God. When you go through the Bible, you're gonna find out there are people who practice temperance, Daniel being one of those. He says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. And what an example we have in Daniel. You're gonna find people like Joseph. You're gonna find people like Jesus Christ when he didn't yield to Satan. All of these people that, that had temperance in their life. But then there were others that the lacking of temperance in their life caused major pain, major, major problems in their life just simply because they would not say no to self. Where are you at this morning? Do you have temperance in your life? You say, well, Pastor, I mean, that, that young people need that temperance. They need to say no. They need to sow to, no to their flesh. They need to make sure they stay moral. They need to make sure they stay away from drugs. They need to make sure they stay away from alcohol. 
Church, I'm going to tell you something. We all understand it's not just a kid thing. Amen. We understand that it's, a, that it's a Christian thing, that all of us are dealing just like what Apostle Paul said. You know, I know these things I should be doing. I'm not doing them. Why? Because my flesh doesn't want to do them. So how do I overcome the flesh? I die daily. I get filled with the Spirit of God. I keep Scripture, and I use Scripture against Satan. I, I, again, uh, I, I get accountability. I help, have others help me. All of these things help us to have temperance in our life. This morning, I hope that you'll think about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not just one piece of fruit. It's a piece of a pie. I hope you also realize that if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you're going to have the works of the flesh in your life. They're contrary one to the other. So what do I need to do in the Christian life? Since I know it's a fight, I need to make sure that I stay in the book. I need to make sure I'm filled with the Spirit. And then what happens? I have that love, a divine concern for others. I have that joy, the gladness of heart. I have that peace, the tranquility of mind. I have that long-suffering <clears throat> to be cheerful endurance under injury. Uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. I have that kindness to others, goodness, doing good to others. I have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, taking God at his word. Meekness and temperance. How can I have these things? It's real simple. Be filled with the Spirit of God. How do I get filled with the Spirit of God? Be filled with the Scripture of God. Trisha, man, we are concluding this series of lessons as far as the fruit of the Spirit. But sometimes it's just a good reminder of that's what the Christian life's all about, of making sure that I'm filled with the Spirit. Are you filled with the Spirit of God? Does the Holy Spirit have control of you and your mind and your heart? Let me close with this passage and we'll be done. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. I want you to look at one more passage with me. Romans chapter number 8. It's amazing how many times Apostle Paul dealt with flesh and spirit when he was talking to the different churches. In Romans chapter 8, look down at verse number 5. <clears throat> Romans 8, verse number 5, he said this. He says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. In other words, if I'm living after the flesh, it's because I'm thinking after the flesh. For they that are after the flesh do mind or think, they do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit do mind, it's understood, they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot what? Hey, I want to tell you something. You want to please the Lord? You've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. How do I do that? It's what you mind. What do I think about? Do I think about spiritual things or do I think about fleshly things? Listen, if you were to put your time of your life on a 24-hour period on a graph, how much time does really God have of your mind? You say, Pastor, man, I work my job, and you know, I have to work at least eight hours a day on that. And when I come home, I'm usually getting things done at the house. And you know, when, I get, when I get done with that, you know, obviously I'm taking care of as far as the kids, as far as things that we're doing. Hey, if you look at your life, our mind needs to be on spiritual things. And that's what causes the fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I want to have temperance, but so many times we forget it's just fruit from a root. What's the root? Being filled with the Spirit of God. How do I get filled with the Spirit of God? It's what I mind. It's what I think about. Think about spiritual things, you're going to have a spiritual result. Think about fleshly things, you're going to have a fleshly result. Let's pray together.